0: Welcome to Leader Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm joined by your other co-host, Casey, who is patiently waiting for a car that he canceled and then reordered. Casey, how are you doing today? I am
1: officially 10 days from my window when it could be delivered. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, ten days from now I'll be very happy, or I'll be very anxious that I haven't
0: got it yet. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm so happy for you that you're you're getting a new car, and I yes. you know, people don't know this, but Casey, you kind of drive a clunker. So
1: <laughs> I don't drive a clunk. I drive the family van, uh, and have for years, which is falling apart, by the way, because I let one of my children drive it, and they potato potato. It.
0: Potato, yeah. potato.
1: But but I have gotten to the point where I'm like I'm not fixing it because they're just gonna do it again. They, so they're yeah,
0: gonna keep breaking it, things.
1: It went from a decent car to like horrible in like a month. It's crazy how fast that depreciation happened.
0: So I, I think today, Casey, we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to your heart and my heart, and that is professional development, affectionately put by Casey as "stop reading business books." So Casey, (laughs) explain yourself. We had a debate on the title of this
1: episode. I wrote, stop reading business books and other development tips that work. And Jacob changed that to read less. That's
0: what I read. That's what I heard.
1: We'll let you, the the listener, decide who had a more punchy title here. But it is something that I found in my own professional development over the last several years, which we we can talk about why professional development is so important here. But I, I've, I've moved away from like the typical grab a book, crack it open and and read it in favor of some new cool stuff that's out there that allows me to do a couple things. One is uh, consume the information and the, you know, the the things that I'm learning better. And like I can go to walk while I do it or I can do the dishes, you know, so it, it I don't just have to be static in one place while I while I'm working on my professional development. So you can kind of multitask more
0: nowadays than, you know, maybe you could in the past.
1: Yeah, and not multitasking that like I'm half focused on it. I actually find if I'm out walking, the content hits me deeper. Mm. Um because I think I am moving and I'm changing my surrounding, my situation. And I, I think you'll ske- you'll see us skew heavy towards audio uh type of things in in this, but um I, I found it just makes it more accessible and, and there's days I know that I would not be able to fit both going on a walk and doing professional development, but if I do them together, I get both done. So it's an added benefit.
0: That's great. Yeah. So we're going to talk about kind of our thoughts on that, what sort of professional development learning resources we recommend and stuff that's worked for us. And then we'll also talk about how to better prioritize those resources so that we get the most out of them and that, you know, we kind of sequence them in in, in a in a smart way. How's that sound, Casey? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> why would you say why would you say this is important this sort of business development thing like I know a lot of people are like I, I'll tell them well I'm reading about this or I'm listening to a podcast on this and they'll be like what oh that sounds that sounds oh, mm, ah, why do you do that I'd, I'd <laughs> rather just go fishing <laughs> or whatever yeah or I, I haven't read a book since high school I've heard
1: like, that you know. too yeah yeah um and
0: what are those <laughs>
1: Well, I, I think there's a lot of reasons why this is so important and why I've made it like a center of my leadership. Actually. Um, I'd, I'd love to spend as much time learning as I do like talking or leading or meeting with other people. And, um, I think if you have seen this stat about how often information doubles now, uh, versus like, I, I don't have that off the top of my head. I, if I was a good podcast guest, I would, I would come with that prepared, but Something like the amount of information there is is doubling like every 3 years now. And that's insane when you think about that. And there is absolutely no way to not become obsolete in what we do if we're not growing and learning and developing. And I say in fact if you're not you're shrinking. And mm-hmm. and I can think of an example in my career I'm a whiz with a spreadsheet like that I've built a career off of like building models. And, and I can tell you now, like sometimes I'll pull up a spreadsheet and people are like, Oh, that's cute. You know, like it's like antiquated now, like, Oh, let me show you my power BI tool. Or let me show you my, like, you know, like the stuff that like, when I was first, like, here's a cool spreadsheet, people are like, Whoa, I didn't know you could do that. You know, like stuff is like, now I'm an old guy, like trying to use old tools. So I just think that if you're if you're not growing, you're shrinking. Yep. and and so you,
0: you need to devote a certain percentage of your time to growing and learning. Yeah, one of the things that I've been challenged with recently, and I'm just kind of in the early stages of kind of better researching, better understanding is, and this is the thing I'm thinking about: like if I continue to do what I'm doing now, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'll, I will, I think, be obsolete in in yep. ten years. So one of the areas that I'm, I'm researching and, and trying to learn more about and trying to kind of incorporate into my skill set is AI, because I think that's going to become more and more important as, as time goes on. And now we've got kind of the early developments in AI where it's, it's quite useful for, for uh, general and very specific applications. Uh, so that's one, that's one of the things that, you know, just to be very specific, that, that I'm interested in, uh, in in my field of, you know, computer science. Yeah, that's,
1: that's terrific. And, you know, I think there, when I think of this, there's like two sides, like technical skills that I'm learning. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are what become obsolete really fast. Now the, what, what data tells us on the other side, the universal skills, creativity, inspiration, mm-hmm. those things do not like you, those are not going to go away. The need for those to happen, but they are an ever shrinking pool in my brain. And so I think of it like there's technical skills that I'm learning and like right now I'm, I'm, uh, taking a class on SQL, right. To understand it better. Nice. And, and then on the other side, there is inspiration that I'm seeking, meaning like who are the thought leaders that stir my heart, right. Or that, um, make me think about something in a different way. And they're equally important, especially if you lead teams, I would say your number one job is inspiring those who, who, you know, count on you for leadership. And so I find I get a lot of inspiration. I even get
0: ideas based off of profess- the professional development that I'm doing. Yeah. Just real quick on, on kind of your point on inspiration. This is something that I found in my life and in my career is that inspiration, at least for me is fleeting. And if I yeah. don't act on it, it's, it's, it's here today and gone tomorrow. And, and if there's like some new project or some new initiative, I want to get off the ground. The best thing I can do when I'm inspired is to start working on it. So Mm -hmm. if you're inspired to develop a new, you know, maybe you're working on a new plan or you've got some new ideas you want to put into motion, a way to operationalize that inspiration or to put that inspiration to work is to start writing those things down and to start, you know, championing them with your team or or, or that kind of thing. And that's that's what I try to do. When I'm inspired, I try to get to work uh, because I found that that inspiration is is I, I it's it's hard to it's hard to hold. It's slippery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it will make you stand
1: out from others very quickly. The ability to inspire. I, I practically one thing that I do in, in this regard is I just have a notebook that is like different uh kind of object lessons that have inspired me, things that I've seen, and then I, I probably have two hundred and fifty things in this notebook, but when I when I am not feeling inspired uh, or when I'm building a presentation or, uh, doing something where I feel like I'm not quite selling, like I can go through and there's a bunch of examples and I'm like, Oh, this connects to this really great study or this story or th- the way this person framed this argument, like, which I think is another thing. Like, it, it just gives you perspective and to listen to other leaders speak, like you're listening to this podcast, right. To hear what other people have to say or whatever, what they're struggling with. And we've never lived in a time in history where this stuff is more accessible um, than it is right now. And you, you don't need to go sign up at Harvard or uh, which, you know, you don't need to do that stuff. Uh, you can, and it's great, but you can also just pull up a YouTube channel or you can pop up a podcast, you know? it's We've never had as much access to gain perspective and refreshment uh, as well. And and I have one other, one other reason why I think the why connects here. You can write about it in your self-review. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the things that, I don't know about you, Jacob, I go to write my review every year and I'm like, oh man, this has been a terrific year. And then I got to, I, I'm, I'm justifying it. And I'm like, wait, what did I do this year? And, uh, and there obviously is stuff that I've done, but it's a tangible thing that you can put in there. It, like, this is how I'm focusing on my learning. I listened to X podcast. I read X book. I went to this conference. I, you know, joined this mastermind group. Uh, and it really makes, it, it really is a very provable part of leadership that you're learning.
0: Yeah, I think it's an essential part. If we're not learning, we're we're probably shrinking. Yeah, uh, we're not growing. We're, we're we're shrinking as individuals, and uh, and and you know, as generations come up, we're. I I don't know about you, Casey, but I lead a multi generational team. People yep. that are very seasoned and people that are quite new. And one of the things that I found that has really helped me is getting this, getting new ideas and understanding kind of where people are at uh, is is really important because we have to inspire different generations differently. And, uh, and, and, and I, I guess reading kind of the, the things that are kind of in the vanguard of, of, of leadership and all that is, is really important. Uh, you know, so the better, better we get, the better we got to get, uh, as leaders. Right. Yeah. And there's just no reason not to, uh,
1: other than you haven't prioritized it. Um, which I think we'll, when we get to the, how we can talk more about that, but, uh, it will set you apart and it will, um, keep you refreshed
0: and keep you from stalling out. Yeah, absolutely. It, it'll help
1: with the burnout that can happen.
0: Yeah. One thing that I, I just a caution I I, I would kind of add here is that and I think maybe you've worked for people like this. I certainly have worked for people like this where uh, I've had a boss where he read something on an airplane and it was like, oh, we've got to do all this stuff now. This is the <laughs> most amazing thing. Let's work for this very successful company. Let's let's do it. Gung Ho. He was inspired. And, uh, and and oftentimes those sort of uh, approaches would just fall flat, like they right. they they didn't work. Because you know one of the things that I've learned, at least in 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 my career, is that in order to champion improvements in teams, and as you kind of uh, learn to uh, to improve your leadership, is you should do that incrementally. And I, I take a sort of an experimental approach, like, oh, if I read something really great that inspires me and I want to use that to inspire other people, I'm like, oh, well, let's let's just try this as an experiment. If it goes great, great. It's awesome. If it doesn't go great, great. It was just an experiment and, and we failed and we'll move on. And uh, I, I think we just need to be very cognizant of – of moving the cheese constantly. We, we, we <laughs> yeah. really, uh, and this is something I, tr- I because I, I, just to be clear, I get very inspired and I want to move the cheese really far. And uh, there's a business book about cheese and all that. Maybe you can explain <laughs> it to people, Casey. Um, but I, I try who, to like move, make cheese? big moves in, uh, in, or I have tried to make big moves or my tendency is to make big moves in, in process and design and this sort of stuff. And I, I've learned that incremental improvement is, uh, much more sustainable, and it's much more palatable to, to really everyone involved. And uh, for that reason, I would just kind of caution people to, as you do learn and grow, you want other people to learn and grow with you, but you should take a more incremental approach to that uh, process. I like that. Just because you're
1: inspired doesn't mean you get, at, get out of inspiring others. You That's know? right. I, I've had bosses do that too. Like inspired, they just send us the resource and then expect that it inspired me the same way that it inspired them. So you're absolutely you got to contextualize it too, right? What worked for one company may not. What's the nugget of truth there? I love that. That's a really good caution.
0: What are some of the things, Casey, we should be looking at um, as it relates to professional development? as and, and you know, again, I think you kind of previewed it. you You're advocating that we should stop reading. no i'm not advocating wow that that sounds bad when you say it that's what i heard maybe maybe (laughs) listeners heard something different
1: (laughs) no i so let me let me defend my thesis here uh that i you know my 99th i only have one (laughs) thesis uh in this but um this is what i found about reading business books in particular now i have uh an avid uh fan of reading fiction. And I actually think there's a connection to development and reading fiction and to that inspiration point. I love historical fiction. I love biographies, like all of those where my issue has come up with business books lately is there's a couple things. One is they're too freaking long. Um, meaning that really the kernel of the truth in the book could be a hundred pages, but no publisher wants to publish a book that's a hundred pages. In fact, there's this, there's this book I do with all my new leaders that's called Monday Morning Leadership, and it is the basics of leadership and gets us all on the same page. The best resource I've ever used with frontline managers, and it's like 80 pages, and it is that's great. beautiful, but they don't publish books like that anymore. They're all like 400, 450 pages. The kernel of truth that's in there that's really valuable is then padded and padded and padded for length and I, it it turns me off at at this point where I'm like, uh, you know, I've, I've read half the book and I think I've got what I need to get. Well, true, great communication. You could have done that in half the, the amount of pages. So uh, I also don't like how polished a book is. And that may sound weird in communication. I'd actually, I like to see people struggle with their own ideas and thoughts. I I'm not the biggest fan of you bringing me a full thesis that's proved out. And I just don't trust it as much as like, someone coming and saying, here's what I'm thinking about. Here's the positives. Here's the against, like, I want to hear the, the both sides of that. And that's where I feel like some of the podcasting and some of those other apps allows you to capture that thinking like you would in a book, but you're, you're picking it up as you go, as people are working it out, right? Like here's a dead end I found versus in a book it's presented as this is gospel truth. This is locked in. And then you go read the book 10 years later and you're like, Oh boy, like an example is, you know, the famous good to great book by Jim Collins. Like all those companies are out of business now, right? Like it, 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 uh, anyway, I I don't like the finite, this is finished nature of a book as much as I used to appreciate it. So I don't know if I defended my thesis. No, I'm not telling you to read less. I'm telling you don't focus on big old long books because they seem cool.
0: Yeah, I think the sort of case study type books, like you know, good to great, they're they're probably their shelf life is is not long, and uh, I I tend to steer clear of those as well. Uh, namely, because I w- w- the the books I, I like when I read, I like to read evergreen sort of material, like stuff that I can. Uh, and I, I think there are books, there are in fact business books that are evergreen that you can continue to kind of mine for 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 truths or inspiration. Um, I will say this though for for me anyway, I tend to I, I, I prefer to read than to listen. I tend to assimilate information better that way. It's kind of funny. It's a little ironic. I do love listening to podcasts. I just have a hard time listening to books uh, mm. because I, my, my mind will tend to wander. Uh, when because it's again it's too polished like it's I'm like listening yeah. to the narrator's a very polished a narrator which which is tough it's a really big deal. Um, I'd rather have the author read it than that, the narrator that does. is that tends to be better but even then yeah. I I tend I, I have an easier time tuning them out and my I have a very uh, <laughs> active sort of unwieldy mind and uh, one of the things that that uh, I guess I'm better at is assimilating information reading it. Uh, so I'll read lots of blogs, um, yeah, because people are trying to, you know, often in blog posts are trying to kind of flush out their information, uh, their their thesis, mm-hmm. and it's not as as you said, Casey, it's not some well packaged, you know, very well varnished uh, product. It's instead a little more raw, and uh, and and I appreciate that sort of humility and transparency, uh, uh, as you kind of indicated. Um, it's it's also like I don't know if like I think of movies. I actually would almost
1: always rather watch a TV show that, that has a long run than to see a movie. Cause I feel like the investment I've made in the characters for a movie for it to be over in two hours is, is, is a little sad where I, I love like TV shows that have like eight seasons. Right. I don't think this happens anymore. This is like an old school thing. Like, but the characters are allowed to develop and go backwards and forwards. I guess you can do that in a movie too, but uh, I, I think it's the same way with, uh, uh, you know, a blog would be the counterpart to a podcast, right? Like it's, it's getting to explain their thinking and, That's right. and, and gives them a little more chance to say, oops, I was wrong mm-hmm. versus I wrote this book. Now it's like accepted practice and there's no way to undo, you know, there's, there's no, there's no, uh, erase button on yeah. it or no, you
0: don't send an errata for, you yeah, know, for exactly. a book that you you you're a, you uh that you wrote that you made a maybe gotten got wrong, maybe you got a blog, you could do that I don't know, yeah, well you, author, publish the right? next blog here's right. what I was here
1: was what wrong, or I think if you write a business book, you should have to write a follow up every five years and tell us what you got wrong um in it there's there's a great podcast with Adam Grant and Malcolm Gladwell, like they're two of my very favorite uh thinkers, and they, basically they're just like telling each other they're wrong and what they wrote and and they embrace it with such great humility. That's what I would love for us to do. It's not like I wrote something turned out to be wrong. Now I never read one of my books. I I like to hear like what were the assumptions that you thought brought you here, and what changed your mind. I, I like I just like to see people's thought patterns more than I know all. Here is my professional book that you know.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm I'm right there with you. I think a, a critical kind of. Skill for leaders, at least good leaders, I think, is is just learning to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, reading authors that like they can do that is, is pretty day great. Day. I know, I know you've never it's done got, that. It's got to happen first. But... I, I know, I know you've never done that, but uh,
1: uh, my next book, humility and leadership, <laughs> humility and
0: leadership. But first, you got to have some. You know, it has to happen first, right?
1: Yeah, right. I, I think you know the, the other thing outside of my like soapbox on uh, business books is one piece of advice I got that's really been helpful in my career is anytime you're in a meeting and you feel kind of exposed in your leadership or your skill set, to just jot yourself a note down. And I I can think early in my career, um, before I, you know, kind of dived into the financial world, there'd be things on like a a PNL or a, a balance sheet that would come up that I didn't really understand, but I didn't feel comfortable in the meeting, like, you know, looking dumb. Now I feel very comfortable looking dumb because I actually realize that's a real skill. Um, but just jot it down, and then that is a great topic to go and look for development opportunities on.
0: Like that's a great point. I'll tell
1: you one for me right now: marketing. I I am this is one part of business I have not spent a lot of time in, and so uh, I am looking for different areas to learn more about marketing, um, and that gets me excited in my own development to look for those areas.
0: Yeah, I have like this list of like look into's that I maintain, and and when and yeah, absolutely, Casey. When something comes up in a meeting that I don't know about, and there are a great many things I don't know about, I'll I'll write a little look into note to myself, and and uh, and I'll go back later and, and go through those, and maybe buy, a, I might buy a book, Casey. I'm sorry, or you know, I'll, uh, I'll 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 do some research on the internet, or you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's great great, I'm glad it took you eight hours to get the content you
0: could have gotten in an hour. That's, that's super well, efficient. you don't understand how my mind wanders, so you know.
1: So but you need the eight hours. I do need the one. eight hours. I need the eight
0: hours. Yeah,
1: that's a good that's a good counterpoint. Uh, <laughs> We're all wired differently. It's like that adult learning theory, you know, you got to
0: say it like 16 times before someone gets it. So maybe you do need the fluff that's inside it's, of it. It's true. And as you know, as in, in leadership, like I often feel like I'm a broken record. I'm like, well, maybe yeah. I've mentioned this to you, but let me tell you again. And I, I swear, I say the same things over and over and over again. and still people don't di- didn't hear it. So yeah, it's, it's one of those. That's another critical leadership skill to learn is just get comfortable with repeating yourself. Right, right or, or just start losing your memory and, or and that, that, skill. that, that works too. <laughs> skill, <laughs> uh, skill covered. Yeah. I, you
1: know, I, I, think, uh, you know, just the other things that I focused on in my professional development is not necessarily what I need for my job today, but what does my job look like five years from now? And that's the stuff I need to be focused in my learning on because, a lot of times, I don't know if you've ever done this, like I'll, I'll do a whole thing and then it'll be like, oh yeah, we're not even using that software anymore. We're not And it. And I was reactive. I, I, this sounds a little counter to the last point, like where you feel exposed, but if you can find where your industry is going, you should spend some time there because that's where you as a designer or a leader could be designing stuff that's obsolete really
0: quick. Yeah, I mean that that kind of goes back to, you know, our earlier point. That is the better you get, the better you gotta get. So you gotta keep reinventing yourself. Yeah. And refreshing your knowledge. And uh you know, I, I I don't know about you, Casey, but I've I've been more challenged by that as I've gotten older. Uh this used to be a lot easier when I was younger and had more, I don't know, maybe I was inspired more, I don't know. But uh I, I found that as I've aged, I, I've kind of created a little bit of a tendency to become uh, maybe complacent or a little content content's probably a better word. And, uh, and this is something that I, I constantly try to challenge myself with is to, you know, learn, learn new skills, try to envision where we're going, where the industry's going and, and yep. to, uh, and to learn things. And maybe I'm not an expert, but to learn enough to not only be dangerous, but to also inspire others. Yeah. Yeah. You, I just, you can't say
1: enough about how learning connects to inspiration. Um, you know, in in anything that we do and first to inspire you to go do the learning and then second to transfer that learning to anyone else, like inspiration is, is key across the whole journey.
0: So maybe Casey, it'd be good at this point to kind of give some examples of uh, podcasts and programs and, you know, other things that, that we have found to be very helpful in our development, uh, you and I. So you want to go first? Oh yes. And can we start with podcasts cuz that of that has been my uh of course. as
1: well. Just listen to podcasts. That and you're and, and especially
0: leader fables. Right. And you're listening to this podcast so I feel like we'll I Well, get other people there. to listen to that would be
1: great. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there's a couple that I am really uh I, I think there's some podcasts that like sit on my feed and if I'm in the mood for them, then I will listen to them. Others that the anytime a new podcast comes up I listen to. And so a couple of those There's one called Tropical MBA, which is the connection to uh, building a business and being location independent at the same time. So, you know, a lot of this came out of uh, Tim Ferriss's book, uh, The Four Hour Work Week, and, you know, how you could, uh, you know, structure around lifestyle design, like designing the life you want and then working backwards uh, to how you're going to make that happen. But they've, uh, the folks that run this have actually, started a couple of different businesses. They sold one and then they started another one. And, uh, they're really good about, uh, where the four hour work week, let me back up where the four hour work week, like paints the picture of it. I feel like they're in the practical, like it's not a four hour work week. It's a 40, it's a 4,000 hour work week. Like in the beginning until you get to a certain level, but they walk you through it and then they have guests that come on and unpack different parts of, of what it's like. But that's one every Thursday when it comes out, I listen to it. That's awesome. Um, religiously. I love masters of scale, which is uh, by one of the co-founders of LinkedIn. I'm um, talking about scaling businesses. Uh, I love, I talked about Malcolm Gladwell and Adam Grant. Uh, Malcolm Glad- Gladwell's podcast revisionist history is one of my very favorite his storytelling ability is amazing. I also did his masterclass on storytelling. That's, that's a great,
0: you stole that off of my list. Oh, did I, I,
1: I'm looking at your list now. Dang it. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, I'll (laughs) just erase it. Um, (laughs) and, uh, the rethink podcast with Adam Grant is really great too. That's a great one. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the only other one is like personal, um, development. There's one called disrupt yourself, uh, that is, um, by, uh, Whitney Johnson, who I I really like that. She, it's an interview podcast where she has all sorts of cool, uh, thought leaders there. So those are like, (laughs) I would say a couple those are like my, I will listen to it this week if it comes out.
0: Yeah. One of the podcasts, and this is kind of in a little bit different vein. I tend to listen to more tech podcasts. Uh, someone that I love is Mac power users. Um, the hosts, uh, of of Mac power users, they're in fact, independent podcast producers. So they figured out how to, uh, uh, pay for their shoes as they like to say by making podcasts. And, uh, one of the podcasts they make is Mac power users. And, um, and I learn a great deal about how to automate my Mac, how to better use it. Uh, they often have guests on that talk about their workflows. I find that just really inspiring, uh, to learn how people are are kind of, uh, better, um, using their computers to get work done. And, uh, and I, 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 I just love that. That that's something that that really uh, tickles my brain. And uh, uh, another one that I um I really like is deep questions with Cal Newport. He talks a lot about uh, personal productivity and process, and you know sometimes he talks about uh, you know kind of current events and how that has an effect on uh, our productivity and and how we're working. And I, I really kind of appreciate his perspective. Um Casey already mentioned revisionist history. It's hard to say. It, it kind of <laughs> is. It's a mouthful. Uh uh love love Mal- Malcolm Gladwell's books and his podcast. Uh yeah, he's he's solid. a great voice. And then I also like Tim Ferriss's show. Uh that's a great podcast and he he often interviews people that I like, so I'll I'll listen. To, I don't listen to his show consistently, but when there's a good when there's a guest on that I know about and like, I'll uh, I'll, I'll listen to it and uh, I yeah, it, they I always get something out of uh, out of those interview shows that he does.
1: He does. A, there's a cool new thing he's doing on his. I, I picked up on where he does a monthly recap where it's just a snippet of oh, each nice. one. So that helps, you know, if you want to like listen more. So just, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Tim Ferriss sponsor of leader fables. No, just kidding. He's not, uh, don't sue us, Tim Ferriss. Uh, we <laughs> no, you're not a sponsor, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Tim Ferriss a lot too. And, uh, that's one of the ones like there's certain mood I'll be in
0: that. I really like that long form interview that he does is, that's awesome, so Casey. How about certificates degrees, courses like programs that 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 have you that you have found helpful? Obviously, these sort of things require a bit more of a time commitment than say yep. listening to an hour long uh uh podcast and uh, a financial investment Yes, right? that's right, um, that's right, often, but what I like about these
1: programs back to my point earlier is that sometimes it's nice to be able to tell your own learning story um you know, this is something you get credit for. You can put on your resume, you can put on LinkedIn and you can also, you know, if you write, like I listened to this podcast in my self-review, that might not be a a great example, but if I did a, I did a leadership certificate at at Harvard or MIT, you know, those, those things I I think are really great. And uh, it's a way to get to some of the Ivy League content that is more approachable for, everyone than signing up for a full degree. So these kind of professional learning offerings that, that they have. I know I did a, a certificate at MIT on leadership that I thought was really terrific. I'm doing one at Harvard right now on strategy. Uh, I'm doing a, a Clayton Christensen uh, class on disruptive strategy, which has kind of blown my mind. Uh, and it's funny, it's all asynchronous. It's, uh, it's, it's not that expensive to do it. And, uh, it's, you get access to some of the top thinkers in the world and you also get to put that you did it on your resume and, and share the learnings with your team. So I'm a big fan of, of those certificates, but also like, um, you know, LinkedIn learning has a lot of cool things. Masterclass does some really great work. Uh, but there's a lot of more formalized options, like the next step up from listening to a podcast or a blog, um. That that can really
0: in a focused technical area of your learning can be really good. Yeah, one that I completed recently was uh, Harvard Business School's uh, online core program, which covers kind of three business disciplines: um, uh, economics for managers, financial accounting, and and business analytics. And some of those, some of these topics, I already kind of knew about and all that. But I got to tell you, Casey, I learned a lot about finance and how all yeah. that works like accounting uh in that course it was really valuable and and now you know to to, to because i took the time to learn it uh, through hbs core uh i can now read like a financial statement and a balance sheet and uh <laughs> i understand how great. you know gross margins are <laughs> are calculated and that kind of stuff and it's been that's been really helpful i i often have needed to like look up those terms in the past, and uh, and and just getting a good overview uh, of of how all that works, kind of on a fundamental yeah. level, is, is just really helped me. It's really kind of sharpened a little bit my business acumen and the nomenclature and 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 all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I yeah, highly recommend. If you got the time, uh, there are some really great certification programs uh, out there, and yeah, from very sort of business oriented, as Casey indicated, to you know even technical. Um, yeah. I know if you're into if you're in, you know, in the IT field, like there's a there's a great many uh, very valuable certifications uh, that you can get. And uh, the nice thing about certifications, I think, is that it it, it's an achievement and it's something that, uh, uh, you know, we can read and learn and 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 listen to podcasts all day. But when we can demonstrate that we we're knowledgeable in that subject, I think that's really valuable in the marketplace in terms of career development. Right. That's where I think even don't overlook the degree. Right. Uh, because it is
1: the, the currency of, uh, you have competency in this area and, you know, that that's all the way, you know, from, you know, an associate's degree up to, you know, having a doctorate, you know, those are, those are more curated programs of learning. I'd call versus if you're, um, searching for podcasts, right. And stuff like you're the curator then at that, but, uh, it's not a bad idea. If you have a specific focused area, that's going to create an opportunity for you go for a degree. Um, and, and in that, then you have your professional development baked in, cause you might not be able to do much more than if you're working on that. That's the other part that maybe is a good tip is, um, set a benchmark for how much you're going to do, then work backwards. Like if you have an hour a day, what can you do in an hour a day? Can you do a degree in an hour a day? I don't know. Like, it just depends on, on what your goal is. Um, but, yeah, don't overlook the classics like the degrees that, you know, they, they've been proven uh, over time.
0: I think one other thing, and we may have glossed over this or maybe didn't even mention it. Professional development, not only is it good for inspiration, not only is it good for, you know, kind of enabling us to skate to where the puck might be in the future, but it also just makes us more interesting human beings. And I think that that, that that that's really valuable, like being able to to talk about things that maybe aren't in your, like, wheelhouse traditionally – uh, just makes you more interesting, and uh, I I think that's a great great thing to have. Uh, like for instance, yeah. I studied Greek math. Not a lot of people know about Greek math or care. And Casey's I'm giving doing, me funny you looks on the video. he's giving, giving me a nerd funny sign. looks. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it's come up in like polite conversation, and uh, it, it's polite. It, I'm telling you, uh, I, I I meet some really interesting people, so that 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 helps too. That's awesome. But uh,
1: well, I I you know I'm a huge studier of history. I'm I'm going through biographies of all the presidents and. I once had a history professor who told me the only reason to study history is so you understand more jokes. Uh, because the That's more you so know, true. the more you understand. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah.
0: Or English idioms. Like, where do these yeah. things come from? Like, well, right. you understood history. You'd know, like, like that whole, whole song. My daughter knows it. She's four. the, the ring around the rosy. Like there's a history mm-hmm. in that song. Yeah. Uh, she pretty, doesn't know pretty, it, but I do. <laughs> pretty uh, gory. It's terrible. it's terrible. It's terrible. Kids right, still yeah. know these things. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: I, you know, what I'd, I'd, I'd highlight here too is don't overlook the power of a conference. And I think we've talked about this on other episodes, but when I feel the most burned out, the first thing I do is look for a conference because not only does it take me out of my environment, it's focused on learning and inspiration. I think there's few things that get my mind working better than just placing myself at a conference. And Generally, my mind's not even working about the topic. Like it just—I don't know what it does. It just puts me in a really cool place to be creative and and dream uh, because I'm pursuing learning. I'm I'm actually leaving my house. I'm going to a different place, and there are so—I mean—conferences become a whole business now, just putting on these different conferences, and they do a really good
0: job. A lot yeah. of them. For that reason, I, l- I love going to conferences, trade shows, like that sort of yep. stuff. It, it it's great. It just gives me perspective and it gives me time to, to listen to some interesting people and to, you know, assimilate new information. And, uh, it's like the
1: concentrate of uh, professional development, right? Like you think of orange juice when you used to make it from the frozen, like that's a conference. It's like the concentrated version of it. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I, in fact, it's funny you mentioned that I, uh, there's a couple of conferences that are going up specific to the industry I'm in. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to them i'm I'm not only going to learn but i I'll, I'll get I'll, I'll get kind of out of my element and out of my day to day and make connections um, yeah make good yeah. connections and all that it's 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 it is a, i it's exciting it's inspiring I'm sure I'll come back with new ideas things to try and uh yeah it, yeah I can't overstate enough how um how inspiring going to a good conference can be yep do it <laughs> All right. So how do we get all this into work? I mean, Casey, (laughs) many of us, many of us are working 40 hours a week. We've got kids. We've got events. We've got, hopefully, you know, we're involved in some way in serving our community. How do we prioritize this stuff in our life? Because I don't know about you, but left to myself, I could work from 5 a.m. until like 10 p.m. every day. And never get to this. Exactly.
1: In in doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it is such a question of working on yourself versus working in yourself or, or through yourself. Um, and the only answer I know here is prioritization. And this goes back to our altitude of planning episodes where it's not about getting more done in your day. It's about getting the right things done in your day. And this is the right thing. And so I tell you for years, a strategy I've used, it's on my calendar. Um, my professional development time, every single day, eight to nine a.m. is on my calendar. I don't schedule over it, um, and, and I and I even look at how often I'm adhering to that. And and if I'm not above eighty percent, then then I'll adjust. But um, you got to put it on your calendar, uh, and it has to be just like your one-on-one with your manager, or just like um, your all hands meeting. Like it is every bit, if not twice as important as any of those things. So y- you have to prioritize it. You have to get it on your calendar. Um, and if that doesn't work, you you could take some extreme measures. But th- I think that's the best tip.
0: Yeah. If you can do it, like do that. Uh, I think the next best thing is find a way for others to hold you accountable. I think that's yes. one of the wonderful things that these online certification programs provide is there's normally baked in deadlines. Like you have to yep. get stuff done by a particular time and there's nothing that's quite, that quite motivates me. I don't know about you, Casey, but that quite motivates me like a deadline. <laughs> there's a deadline. I like it. The achiever no, it in me likes to hit it. Yep. And, yeah. uh, and that, that, that often will, uh, help me better prioritize, um, those things. Um, also paying money that helps like, Yep. if, if, yep. if I had to pay for <laughs> some of it out of my own pocket or whatever, like now I've got some skin can, in the game.
1: Can I talk about that one for yeah, a second? Please. First, I, I love your, like, even ask your boss to hold you accountable. I think that is like what I've tried in the past. Like ask me about this reading I'm doing. Right. But the pain out of your pocket, I've, this is the biggest excuse I've heard from people on professional development. My company won't pay for me to go to that conference. Well, I, th- I think they'll take your personal check too. I, I'm pretty sure they'll cash it. They'll, they'll let you sign up. And, and I know this is like heresy to people that they might spend a dollar on their own professional development. I will tell you in my personal budget, I, pers- I plan a percentage of my income to development and to that. I know I'm going to give back out of the money that I make. Like it's part of how I think about how I'm incentivized is not just I'm incentivized to pay all my personal expenses, but I'm also incentivized to reinvest some of this in my team and, and in my learning. And it's actually, I don't even have a, a cap on what I'll spend for learning. It's just, that's not an obstacle in it. The time is an obstacle. The focus is an obstacle, but the money part, um, like write write The check, right. It, it, you'll, you'll get the money back tenfold. Yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's no, a big pet peeve I, I, of mine. When I hear people say, ah, my company would pay for it. Well, they did. They wrote you a paycheck. So you, <laughs> so you can go do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 absolutely agree. I think, I think it is a big investment in, in yourself and, uh, who better to invest in than yourself, Casey? I mean, maybe your right. kids like that's good, but you know, nah. after that, maybe you <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. No, kid.
1: no, you can do both. And, and look, I'm not trying to be uh short here. I know for some people, like it's not a possibility to do I I get that. But there are so many free things that the fact of doing nothing is really a ridiculous excuse. I'm just saying for some of these bigger bang things, they're worth the money,
0: even if you have to pay for them yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And then I think, you know, another fun thing to do is to invite others into your madness, your training madness. And that can also be motivating, very motivating. Like even just starting like a little book club, Casey, Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, we're going to go over that we're going to go through this this uh oh maybe it's a podcast club i'm sorry you don't read books
1: but <laughs> i will make an exception for a good book club okay because, all right all right because then we are going to debate their ideas yes. right and not yes. just accept them as you know so okay yeah. I'll, I'll give you that so yeah you know
0: get a, yeah. get a club together and you know <laughs> listen to podcasts or read books and and that has some built-in accountability you don't want to be the guy that didn't you know guy or gal or you know that didn't read your <laughs> that didn't read the chapter that week or whatever right. it is right yeah no i I think it's like it's like operationalizing
1: anything right? I have to get expense reports done. How do you get them done? They go on your task list, right? You make time on your calendar to do them. You do what you need to do to get the return of the money that you spent, and so I think it works this same way. but I would challenge you to schedule it, to budget for it, and then to ask for accountability. I think those are the the big keys here. That's right.
0: Well, Casey, I hate to admit it, but you did not convince me to read less.
1: Did I convince you to prioritize
0: your professional development? You did. You did. And I feel I am leaving inspired to uh, listen more, to maybe read a little more, uh, and to invest in myself. And I I hope that's true for our our listeners. Well, I'm going to go
1: take a course on how to persuade others to, you
0: know, not read books.
1: That's great. Please. (laughs) Maybe I'll read a book about how to persuade others not
0: to read books well I, I hope you all uh, appreciate or have a, maybe a greater appreciation for why professional development and learning is so important particularly as leaders and uh, and 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 why we should take the time to and how we should take the time to invest in ourselves uh, to get better and and which which gives us the tools I believe to help our teams get better uh, at their craft and and what they're doing and to help us better lead our companies to hopefully great success so um, in closing, uh, if, if you like the podcast, we'd like you to do two things. Consider to do two things. One is buy some stuff we like. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a mess of things on our website. Go to our Things We Like page at leaderfables.com. Um If you buy any of those things, we get a little kickback from Amazon. So thank you for that. And then, and then finally, if you really like the podcast, and we, we believe many of you really like the podcast, we encourage you to leave a review. Uh, that is a great way to kind of spread the word. Uh, about uh, what we're doing here and we've got as Casey kind of indicated last week we've got a great many projects underway and uh, we're excited to talk about those as uh, as they come to fruition in the uh, in the coming weeks and months so thank you all and until next time Lido lead on. ledo on.